All right, all right. Good morning, Emmanuel. How many love Jesus today? You love him? Big shout out to all of those that are part of the Emmanuel family, Lakeville, Elk River, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park, and those joining online. It is so great to be together on this upcoming Thanksgiving week. How many are going to eat a bunch this week? And then you're going to take a nap. Come on, somebody. Then you're going to take it. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't take a nap now. <laughs> uh, it's a great week. Welcome home to those of you that perhaps are college students and coming back and all the people that are traveling around. We know that this is a travel week and want to welcome you back to church. We're in week number four, our final week of the series, Entrusted. It's been a great time. Uh, as we've explored what Jesus has to say through his word to us and about our lives, and he trusts us. But how many know we can trust him? And we can trust him with, uh, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And then this last week, super great to have Joe, Joe with us. And uh, he did such a great job, didn't he? Sharing the heart of missions. This is the last week. The title of my message is Day and Night. You know, I'm, I'm really, really, really thankful for a church family that has a big heart for the local things and for the whole world. In a day and age of self-focused and consumer-driven, selfish living, I'm once again encouraged by the heart of the people of Emmanuel. You really show up for the people in your life. When I look at Team Emmanuel and how Team Emmanuel shows up, that's our term for our volunteer teams, people that choose to serve, put extra time in. They've gone through growth track and found their place and, and then they serve. Man, you guys like inspire me when I pull into a parking lot or see what's happening in the lo lobbies or I see the production team show up super early in the morning getting ready for church or, or it be anybody in the, in the kids ministry helping with the nursery or or preschool, or elementary. Man, you guys are amazing. In fact, give it up for all the team of Emmanuel. You got some of them sitting right around you. I'm super grateful. And the way you show up for our Kingdom Builder partners, too, is we've gone on trips around the world. We'll have more coming up soon, and, and this next year, and then uh, through giving. Because your heart is so big, we get to partner with so many different organizations. And though each of our locations have kind of highlighted different projects, there's a lot more than the projects that we even put on the screen. And if you want to find out more, I encourage you to go to our website and look at all of the partners that we have and the projects that we get to be a part of. And maybe God would even stir you to give in the miracle offering and, um, and be a part of what God can do in the calendar year 2023. Super hope you can do that. But there's something about the way we do things that I want you to know on the other side of it are real people. Sometimes we see organizations or we just hear a story, but we don't necessarily touch or see the real people. And earlier this year in 2023, the founder of Convoy of Hope, Hal Donaldson, spoke and presented an opportunity for us in Madagascar. How many of you remember that? And Hal came and he shared with us a, a feeding program but they needed a partner to get it off the ground. And well, it's off the ground and running, church. And uh, just in October last month, Jody and I were down to the headquarters for Convoy of Hope, where they now have a distribution center to touch the world. And poverty around the world is being fed and taken care of through Convoy of Hope. And while we were down there and they were dedicating this, this center, um, we got to see Hal. And, uh, and he gave me a little bit of an update, but he also sent... Uh, an update to us in other ways, and I'll, I'll share that in a moment. But first, I want you to see a picture of Alice. Alice is, um, and it's Jody and I with Ben, 
Pastor Ben Bright with uh, Alice. Is that up there? Okay. Alice is about half my height, but she's a giant because she is the director for the feeding program in Madagascar. And she has jumped in. She's a Rhodes Scholar, and she gave up all that she could have done in her academic and professional world to go back to her home country and be a part of something super, super special. And I'm so excited that, you know, I'm overwhelmed. We get to partner with giants like Alice, that we get to be connected to people like that. And uh, I received the video message from Hal and Heath, his, his uh, executive director for the world side of things, and they have a message for Pastor Darren and I, who oversees, Pastor Darren oversees our kingdom builders, but also it's directly to Emmanuel. And I want you to turn your attention to the screen just to see and hear the message from Hal. He's happy with you. Hey, Nate and uh, Darren, I just want to say thank you on behalf of Convoy, Heath here. Uh, thank you so much for your friendship. It was amazing, amazing to see you at the dedication just a few weeks ago. Thank you for making the effort to be here. Um, that took my breath away. You really surprised me. And, uh, you know, it, we've come a long ways since February when I was with you. And there has been so much that's been accomplished. Uh, we're looking forward, Heath and I are looking forward to being in Madagascar in February. February. We're going to be on the ground and maybe just give them a, 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 an update on all that's happening in Madagascar. Yeah, so Madagascar is one of those miracle stories. It's a country that is not supposed to be this easy. Yeah. And honestly, how we attribute that to the power of prayer and the power of generosity. But the gift from Emmanuel Christian Center came at just the right time. Yes. Um, we were able to start feeding with 753 children in our program about with God's help. And frankly, with your partnership, by the end of this calendar year, over 4,000 children Incredible. Incredible. will be in our program. Yeah. And the majority of these kids are in right in the heart of the famine in Southern Madagascar. So it's perfect timing. Yeah, and I, I know I speak for you when I just say thank you for your trust. Um, that means a ton to us. And the fact that Emmanuel has just been so generous, uh, God is helping us take those resources and multiply it many times over to help thousands of children. I mean, the thought of that, every day, a child waking up, knowing they have access to food and clean drinking water, that's a game changer. It's a game changer. And so um, from Convoy from Africa, Madagascar, uh, we just want to say thank you. Thanks again for your trust and your friendship. It means a lot to us. Isn't that awesome? See, we get to do this. This is not just a kind of a churchy thing. This is the kingdom of God. It's all about having the heart of our Father in heaven. In John 3, 16, for God so what? Loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There's something about God's heart that becomes our heart. God so loved that he gave. We so love that we give. And it's not like gripping it. We willingly, lovingly, passionately want to take care of the world around us. You know what makes the father's heart and face smile? When his kids have his heart. When we reflect his heart. And his heart is to touch the world to share his love, not to keep it to ourselves only. Matthew 28, 
Jesus' great commission. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, if we follow Jesus' assignment to us, see, Jesus came on mission from the Father, and then he trained up his disciples, and then he left that mission in their hands, and then they left that mission in our hands. And if we partner with Jesus in heaven, there's something super powerful as we go, not just to make converts, but to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. How many know there's a difference between the first prayer and a life lived out following Jesus? And that's our desire is that people continue to grow. Even here at Emmanuel, in each of our locations, we desire people not just to, to pray the prayer only and just get into heaven, but we desire for people to grow together, that they would find and discover their purpose, live that life of purpose outside of here, become a, a disciple of Jesus. My desire is, no matter if it's your first Sunday or you've been coming here for a long time, that you continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus, that you don't just become a theater religion Christian that just watches a message and then walks out the door, but whatever we're talking about in here becomes a part of your life, and then you live it out on Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come on, somebody. That's our desire. And Jesus left us with that. And when we begin to step out and do that, I think the Father gets super excited because we reflect his heart. You ever watch little toddlers? I've got a few of those around us now. And toddlers are, are fun. They can, they can run up to me and... and uh, and all they can see is my kneecaps. And then they go. And then they go. I mean, have you ever seen that sign? What does that mean? Pick me up, right? And I can tell you with our, my grandsons, for example, if I pick them up and I throw them in the air, the glee on their faces, woo! They come back down and they go, do it again. do it again. And they have no time limit to the do it again. They want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you know, it really puts a smile on my face. I get tired out sometimes. But I want you to consider what, what makes the father's heart excited is when we say to him, do it again. That we don't burn out. We're not just excited for one segment of our life. That we're not just pumped for one season of our story. But that when we live a life that keeps saying to the Father, do it again. And did you know that when we obey the Father and when we look to the Father and we do what he's telling us to do and, and we are doing it not just in church, not just with our lifted hands and not just with the offerings that we digitally give online or we put in a bucket, but we do it with our everyday experience and we don't give up. We keep pursuing his best for us. It's like Monday becomes do it again, Father. Do it again, Father, on Tuesday. Do it again on Wednesday. Do it again on Thursday. Do it again on Friday. Lord, I don't want you to stop. I want you to keep doing it again. Turn to the person next to you say, do it again. This is really what, what it means in Philippians when Paul is speaking and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
It's like, keep doing it. And there's a joy between us and our Father when we learn to live this way. The Father loves it when we say, do it again to him. And he told us that when we obey him, it is like praise. Because obedience equals praise. Living it out, not just the song on a Sunday, but the walk of faith. In John 14, 21, Jesus said, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. There's something about that connection and rhythm. When we obey, the Father feels the love and the Father and the Son share themselves with us. God comes and he's close to those that follow him and we say, do it again. Jesus says, I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. How many want to have a revelation of Jesus? This is how you get it. This is how you stay in it. That's how he gives you fresh new vision for your life. Now, the Apostle Paul made it his goal to live pursuing a life like that. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read from a text today that will be really my points of the message are going to come right out of this text. He's looking at his own life. He's just reflected on all the good things he did, but he's not done yet. And he begins in verse number 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's saying there's something more that's ahead of him. And I want you to know today, church, that we can live a life with no regrets in the end. No retreat to where we used to be. Faithful every day, every week, every month, and every year until Jesus comes back. Come on, somebody. We can do this. So I want to give you four simple entrusted life habits to praise day and night. Four simple entrusted life habits to praise day and night. In other words, if your life is going to be a praise day and night, then follow these four things. The first one is this, right out of the text. Live for what Jesus lived for. Live for what Jesus lived for. Look at verse 12. But I press on, Paul says, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. How many of you are recipients of Jesus taking a hold of you? So Paul is saying, I live with this idea that I'm going to pursue life and pursue Jesus in the same way that he chased me down. How many didn't feel like you deserved to be chased? That you weren't worthy of it, but he loved you anyways. What does the scripture say? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How many know that the things out there that are ahead of us he wants us to live for the same things Jesus did. And Jesus lived to fulfill the Father's mission. He spent time with the Father. He pulled away and he talked to God each day at a rhythm of prayer 
where he would listen to the Father and then he would go out and do what the Father had told him to do. He says, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. And that rhythm of prayer, as he listened and did what the Father wanted him to do, we get to see in the Gospels. Those are things that are important. Now listen, if Jesus is your leader and you're following Jesus, don't you think you should be doing the things that Jesus did? And if prayer is a part of his rhythm of daily life, guess what it needs to be a part of your life? Praying on Sunday won't help you on Tuesday. You have to have that ability each day to get up and say, Father, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to do with my friends and my family and my job and my influence? Where do you want me to go? It's learning to look at the things that God has done in our life. And if we're in a rhythm of prayer, good things happen. Now listen, sometimes we need a back uh, track, a, a, a song in the background just to keep us going. Like in our prayer meetings we have at each of our locations, We'll sometimes either have a worship team or we'll have just a sound system playing, pre-recorded music. And it really doesn't matter just what's going on with the worship because we're really, that's just background noise as we talk personally to the Father. But I don't know about you, but sometimes it's helpful to have some music in there when it's 6 a.m. and uh, coffee hasn't kicked in yet. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, it's 11-something a.m. right now, Pastor, and coffee still hasn't kicked in. Well, hopefully you'll get there by the end of the service. So we, we care about those things so much as a church. We want you praying on a daily basis. In fact, uh, Emmanuel Live, our worship production part of our church, we just released a, a, a few song album of instrumental worship meant to support prayer on Friday, and it's called Day and Night. And our whole idea is, is that we want to have you praying outside of church. So you can download it right now if you wanted to on your platform, or you can do it a little later. And you just put that in, hit play, and then it's instrumental, so you're not thinking about the words all the time, but you're beginning to talk to the Father. That's what it's all about. Ultimately, we want our why to why we go to work, why we go love our families, why we go to school, what is the purpose of order? We want it to come from the Father. And if you looked at your life and said, Father, I want to do what you want me to do with my job. I want you to, I, I, I want to discover the purpose of my family. Instead of getting frustrated and angry with the place you go to work and the people you're around and spend your time grumbling, what if you went, no, I'm on assignment. Daddy sent me here today. I'm here because he, he, I don't even know what it is yet, but I'm going to talk to him about it. I've got to do what the Father wants me to do in my life. Jesus used his life to take a hold of you. He went after you. He had a purpose-driven life. We need to have a purpose-driven life as well. We need to do and chase Jesus and align our life to Jesus' mission. Jesus refreshed others, and so can we. And we don't need to worry about what we lose. Just like we talked about earlier in this series, you can trust God. When you learn to live a rhythm of, of trust in the Lord, that's what the tithe was about, we talked about a couple weeks ago. But when you know that he owns it all, and then the Father says, I want you to give some money here. I want you to share your time here. You're not worried about what you're losing because daddy's got that. 
I'm doing this because I'm on assignment from the Father, which means the Father's going to take me care of me while I take care of his assignment. I'm not worried about those things. In fact, we don't have to worry throughout our life when we live in alignment with his word. Psalm 37, 25. Once I was young. How many can say once you were young? That's everybody can raise your hand. Now I am old. I don't know how many of you that fits. That's not me yet. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. I don't need to worry about that. He takes care. How many found he's faithful all the way to the end? Takes care of us. Four simple and trusted life habits to praise day and night. Number one was live for what Jesus lived for. Number two is deal with your yesterdays. Verse 13. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. You know, the gospel is greater than anything behind you. Paul uses the word forgetting, not just forget. It's an active word, forgetting. I mean, you still have a memory, but you got to do something with your memory. Those thoughts, those memories. So the enemy would love to come in and talk in your ear. How many know what I'm talking about? Remind you of all the things you did bad or all the things that were done bad to you. And if you're consumed with that, you can't chase anything because you're consumed with things in your past. Things that are already done. But what we need to learn to do is to take those thoughts and forgetting is the action of taking it to the Lord. As we move into this week with with, uh, uh, Thanksgiving and family get-togethers and other things, some of us are super excited. I'm excited about it. I'm ready to eat the turkey, maybe have some mashed potatoes, maybe have some pecan pie. I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit mouth-watering right now. I'm just like, this is exciting. I'm going to take a nap. Come on, somebody. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And I, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving. But some people, when you think of a holiday, you are triggered. I know friends that they have anxiety about going to see a family member that hurt them or rejected them. And I want you to know, as we walk into this week, you are not going to be able to overcome those things just by stuffing it. You're going to have to have an active work of forgetting. And listen, you can do this by being thankful. What do you mean? That sounds so stupid, Pastor Nate. Listen, thankfulness cancels bitterness. You can't be thankful and bitter at the same time. So, The action of forgetting is learning to, instead of ruminating and being bitter, taking those very thoughts back to the Lord and beginning to say, what am I thankful for right now? And instead of focusing on the bitterness, I'm focusing on the thankfulness and the bitterness dies out. Forgetting requires bringing all of those memories to the cross, to Jesus And this may may be a conscious step of nailing it to the cross. You might need to take those things that have been pulling you down from your past, write them out, and dedicate it to the Lord even today. But don't just act like it's going to go away because it will keep you from chasing what God has put in front of you. This might be a a step of nailing the cross. could mean entering a, a freedom or an encounter type of group. 
or going to a, a weekend retreat of some sort. Of, we have these throughout the year at different uh, locations where you get away and you spend extra time and you go, Lord, I want to deal with what's on the inside because I don't want my past stopping me from moving into my future. Others do this guided by pastors or spiritual leaders, taking time to work through past issues and praying together. That might include things that have happened to you. Listen, I don't want to minimize real trauma. There are many people under the sound of my voice, you went through very real things. And it's not as simple as just saying, come forward and get prayer for it at the altar and everything's fine. No, you can come forward. And I do believe that God will touch you and the Holy Spirit will be with you. But you might need a process to work through the stuff where doors were open and the enemy got in. Listen, you can close the doors to the enemy. You don't have to be bound up by sin and the power of sin. Even if it wasn't your choice and say you were the victim of abuse. You don't have to take it on the chin and be a, 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 a forever victim in your heart and your mind. You can become an overcomer through Jesus, through him who loved you. You don't have to hold on to that any longer. Deal with your yesterdays. Some of us need to take significant steps. Perhaps we have an overcoming life-controlling addiction, and you might need to check yourself into Teen Challenge. And say, I need, I'm not going to let this uh, alcoholism and drug addiction control my future any longer. You need to take that next step. Others need to jump into uh, some kind of men's or women's group. Did you know one of the greatest challenges of this generation is pornography for men and women? Because now we're raising a generation of kids that are seeing it on their phone. It's corrupted their thinking, and they don't know how to get out of it. And I want to tell you, the statistics would say under the sound of my voice that there are hundreds of people that have a hidden addiction to pornography. And I would say, don't let that rob your future. Deal with it. Join a men's group or a women's group. Talk to somebody who's a spiritual leader in the faith. And don't just get prayer for it. Take action. Get accountable. Overcome that together. And don't let the devil rob your future any longer. Come on, somebody. You got to deal with it. At the minimum, all of us need to actually lean into real redwood faith. We need each other. And confession one to another is a biblical thing. And if we're in real relationships spiritually, that means we need to drop our guard and be real. And if somebody does that with you, you don't become a gossip about that. You become a prayer warrior for that person. James 5 Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Listen, we need to leave the past behind. And even our trophies, the things we did before, the mission trips we already went on, the money we already gave to a capital campaign, the things that we've already given volunteerism-wise, we need to leave that behind too and chase a new vision and not be stuck in the past. Can I get an amen to that? Four simple entrusted life habits to praise day and night. Number one is live for what Jesus lived for. Number two, deal with your yesterdays. And number three, reach for the future. It says, forgetting those things behind, verse 13, straining toward what is what? Ahead. The orientation of our heart, straining, stretching, laboring, exerting effort, looking ahead. That is faith. 
Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's moving forward, stretching. Of course, Hebrews 11, if you keep following it, has a list of incredible biographies of Old Testament heroes. And many of them experienced great miracles, but some of them did not. Many of them, they stretched for something they never saw with their physical eyes. And yet they were called great heroes of faith. Faith is necessary to join the Father to go all in. And even though we may not receive the ultimate result, because we're stretching forward, other people will receive it. There's a benefit to others coming behind us. I'm thankful for my grandpa who's with Jesus. And he had faith that extended multiple generations into the future. And he didn't get to see it before he died, but he got to see it up in heaven. Come on, somebody. He's in the grandstand of faith. You and I have to live with that kind of faith. It's not about filling our belly right now. It's not just about consumerism. It's about having something inside of us that lives beyond this moment. The dreams about something beyond us. Come on, somebody. Hebrews 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you want to see God, you don't just get saved and sit in church on neutral. You don't just ride it out until Jesus comes back. If you want to have faith, you got to have an orientation that says the best is still yet to come. I haven't reached it yet. I'm still stretching for something in the future. I'm not going to let the temporary struggles of this life prevent me from being who God has designed me to be. I'm going to be in a state of faith. That means our days and nights are about the future. You aren't just going to school tomorrow. You're going to school in faith because there's a future beyond tomorrow. You don't just have a job. You have a job where you're fulfilling the Father's purposes and there's something beyond tomorrow. So you got to live it out today so you can reach tomorrow. There is something beyond this moment that we live for. Praising God with our life, not just our songs. Saying, God, I want the accumulation of all of my, my life to be praise unto you. Do it again, God, on Thursday. Do it again on Friday and Saturday. Let it erupt in my soul as I am gleefully a part of the master's plan. Come on, somebody. And that will mean living for things that outlive us. There's got to be something. A dream can't only benefit you. It's got to benefit other people. That's what Emmanuel's all about. We care for the, the people in our communities, even if we never see the result. We're never acknowledged. That Thanksgiving box, we don't want the pat on the back. We just want to take care of people. KB trips we go on and share Jesus, just take care of people. We don't need to be acknowledged. We're on Team Emmanuel. We get to volunteer and serve so many different ministries. But it's not about people noticing us. We have a faith that's beyond this moment. You know, when you receive somebody into the nursery, thank God for all of our nursery workers at Emmanuel. And by the way, we need some more, y'all. Come on, somebody. Jump in there. Because listen, when you receive a little baby, and moms and dads have not slept all week long, 
and they're tired out, the greatest victory was to actually get to church. Because everything in them says, we'll just stay home today. It's better online. I don't want to fight through this. But when they actually make their way here, something special happens. And our kids team in Emmanuel, they take these precious little ones in. And they've been praying for them. And they, these kids don't even get to talk back yet. But we are praying over them, loving them. And while mom and dad go to the, to the sanctuary and they're stressed out and they're maybe a little, been a little bit edgy with each other in the marriage. Or a single parent doesn't have anybody at home. And they go home into the sanctuary and they receive the fellowship of the saints and the first song goes up and Team Emmanuel's up worshiping on the platform and Team Emmanuel's in the back running the soundboard and Team Emmanuel's done all the work to get them to that spot. Now all of a sudden, God begins to, to bring something different on the inside that they didn't get at home. They experience the presence of God where two or three are gathered in his name. Jesus starts showing up. And sometimes it's not even about what the pastor says because you all don't remember what I preached two weeks ago anyways. It's about what Jesus starts speaking to your heart. And now all of a sudden, mom and dad go back or, or the single parent goes back and they go receive their kid who's been prayed over for an hour. And they go home different when they go home. Nobody remembers who did it. It wasn't Pastor Nate. It was Jesus. Reach into the future for other people around you. See beyond task lists. Check in the box. This kingdom is alive. It's moving. And God is speaking to people. And you get to be a part of it. Come on, somebody. Number four. Chase the voice. Chase the voice. Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He called you. He's calling you. How many are thankful he whispered your name, that he didn't give up on you, that he spoke to you, and he keeps giving you his love, even though we fail. I mean, no, he's faithful. His grace is sufficient. In our weakness, we are found strong because he never gives up. I've been serving Jesus for 50, 90 year business years, and I can tell you this he's always faithful, and he keeps wanting to talk to me. And I want to keep chasing his voice because yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. I want, a, I want a fresh touch from the master, I want him to speak to my soul. It's the voice of God that chases us down and leads us. Don't press for that voice timidly. Press to win. That's what Paul is saying. I got to go after it. I'm all in. Everything I've got. Waiting to hear the words one day. Well done, my good and faithful servant. More than one time, one emotional moment, more than a temporary burden, more than one season, more than one offering, more than one soul, more than one prayer. Cultivating the future, not letting things spoil, not letting our heart grow cold. Our scoreboard is, Father, do it again. Day and night, night and day, repeated, relentless prayer, evangelism, light, love, praise before the throne. How will your days be to praise the Father? I'd like to ask Pastor Allie to come up. Pastor Allie's the youth pastor in Spring Lake Park. 
And uh, this past Wednesday, the students had their, their big give, which is connected to Miracle Offering. And I'm so proud of what God is doing in the next generation of students. But she shares something on Wednesday night that I'm like, oh, our church needs to hear what the students already heard. Would you give it up for Pastor Ellie? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd love just to share a little bit of my story with you this morning. So I grew up here at Emmanuel. I started coming here when I was a freshman in high school. And if you've been around Emmanuel long enough, you know that around October, November, you're going to hear about generosity. And I knew every year in November, our youth ministry did the big give. And I found myself honestly avoiding church during those two months, <laughs> like really not wanting to be here. Generosity for me growing up was a really tough thing. And at that time, it was easier just to like ignore that it was happening. Like if I didn't go to church, then no one would ask me to give. No one would ask me to go raise money and rake people's yards. I could just kind of get by, get it to December, and then we'd be okay. And that's kind of how I wrestled with generosity as I was growing up. But there was a moment I had about a year ago. I had the chance to go to Africa and Tanzania. And I got to work with one of our Kingdom Builders partners, WorldServe. And they're planting water wells all over Tanzania. And I got to go to the different villages and just see the impact that these are making as our students have been giving and raising money to help fund these water well projects. And there was one village in particular that we went to that kind of changed everything for me. I remember walking in and this well was just being drilled for the very first time. So we got to be there when the water sprang up out of the ground and the whole town was around the well cheering, like joy in these people's faces because they were about to get clean water for the very first time. And right after that, the, the pastor that was with us took a, a bunch of the people from the town into this small little room in the back. And what's crazy about when they plant these wells, the, the towns and the villages become really receptive to the gospel. Because they know that this Jesus guy, he doesn't just, he cares about my physical needs for clean water. Like, I'll give him a chance. And so we were sitting in this room, and this pastor begins to share. And I don't understand the language, so I'm sitting there just nodding. You know what I mean? You're watching what's happening. But you just feel the presence of God fall in this room in the middle of Africa. And all of a sudden, this man in the, from the town stands up, and everyone lays hands on him and starts praying for him. And after they get done, we, we leave the little room, and we're like, what just happened, Pastor. And he goes, that man in there, he just gave his life to Jesus. And what's crazy to me is that in that moment, my heart began to feel so heavy because I sat there and I was like, man, this is what actually matters. And I thought back to all the times I was in high school, avoiding generosity or not wanting to give or having all these excuses. And I regretted it. I wish I would have gave more because I got to look into the faces and see someone give their life to Jesus because people were generous. Students gave, people gave so this well could exist. And because of this well, this, this man got to know Jesus. And I thought at the end of the day, what really matters is this right here. And in that moment, I got to see the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father that through students giving and this well being planted and this man, God was after this man all along, that all would be found. And what's crazy to me is that the same way God was after that man in Africa, God has come after me. It was as a high schooler that I gave my life to Jesus here at this church. But it's because 50 years ago, a group of people sacrificially gave so this church could exist. And then people tied so that the church lights could be on and I could go to youth group and experience Jesus. But it all traces back to people who sacrificially gave. And the heart of Jesus was after me too. And I'm sitting here and now I'm thinking, it's my turn. 
In the same way that people that never knew me were a part of my story with the way that they gave, I get to make it my life mission to be part of more stories. Like I wanna collect stories of people that my, that my money, my finances can change that I might never get to see or never get to meet. But that is what truly matters. And I want my life to matter in eternity, the things I invest my money into, to matter for eternity and not just for this moment, not just temporary. And ever since that day that I got to meet that man and see those people, I'm forever changed because I know that this is what truly matters, generosity. Thank you for letting me share this morning. <laughs> and now you know why I want you to hear this. Would you stand with me, church? Live for what Jesus lived for. Deal with your yesterdays. Reach for the future and chase the voice. Today, I want to encourage you, church, to let the word seep into your heart and whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about the challenge of the, mo the word, what God is really challenging you to be. I want you to be the best possible version of who God designed you to be. And that means that you got to surrender over and over and over again. You got to, in a sense, say to the Lord, do it again. I want a fresh touch from you. I want to know you in a real way. I want to be used by you, oh God. I want to overcome those things in my past so that I can be everything you designed me to be to the people in my life that I love. I want you to do that. And Lord, I want to hear you one day say, well done my good and faithful servant. That day is coming. A little bit later in the service, if you want to give your life to Jesus, we'll lead you in a prayer, and you'll get an opportunity to do that. Um, you can literally do it on your own right now if you wanted to. But I want to just challenge everybody. We're going to worship and sing here together and let this kind of seep in and become a song under the Lord. Just lift up your hands to heaven, church, and just kind of open up and just say, Lord, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm, in a sense, lifting my arms up to you like that little toddler who said, do it again, do it again. Lord, we come before you and we thank you that you are faithful, that you are always faithful. Lord, that you have intersected our story. You jumped into our version of the journey. And Lord, sometimes it feels like the darkness has been all around us, and yet you showed your light into our darkness. You shined it into that space, and everything is different because, Lord, you love us with an everlasting love. And I thank you for the love of the Father that sent your one and only Son into the earth because you love the world. And I pray, oh God, that that heart of, of generosity, of giving, would be natural for your kids. That, Lord, it would just overflow out of us instead of being stingy and holding on to things. I pray we would freely give our life for you, partner with the Holy Spirit, receive the strength from you and the anointing from you, and that, Lord, there will be, Lord, a different day. This week, as we move into a, a holiday week, I pray that you would anoint every single person. As we go into families and, and, and situations, Lord, where people are down and people are not, not on the right path, that you'd use us as missionaries, Lord, people sent by you, sent by God to love our families, to love people around us, to be used of you, to not 
let our yesterdays stop us from ministering your grace in the moments that we're in. Lord, ignite our hearts to be more like you day and night, one day after another. Just our lives as worship unto you. Mondays, worship to you. Tuesdays, worship to you. Wednesdays, worship to you. Thursdays, worship to you. Friday and Saturday, I worship to you. Lord, our whole life, worship before the throne. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.